Assignment 10. Individuals with Intellectual Disabilities. Let's begin our review of Assignment 10 titled Individuals with Intellectual Disabilities. Learning Objective 10 1. Understand both the prevalence and heterogeneous nature of individuals with intellectual disabilities. Mental retardation is a powerful term and an emotionally laden label. While your textbook uses the term mental retardation, we prefer the term intellectual disabilities and will use that term throughout the study guide. Our first objective targets your understanding of the prevalence and heterogeneous nature of individuals with intellectual disabilities. Most people's images of individuals with mental retardation or intellectual disabilities are based on stereotypes that emerged from limited contact with these individuals. Approximately 9% of the school age population of students is classified as having intellectual disabilities. Intellectual disabilities exist on a continuum, so the 9% of students receiving services range in ability and need for support. A much smaller subset has intellectual disabilities that are considered severe, requiring extensive or pervasive support. Thus, generalizing about the abilities Or needs of individuals with intellectual disabilities is a mistake. Learning Objective 10 3 Describe the concepts of adaptive behavior and functional skills. Our second objective targets understanding the concepts of adaptive behavior. The American Association for Mental Retardation, AAMR, has been instrumental in working to change the understandings and definitions of this disability. And since 1961, eligibility criteria have included considerations of both intellectual functioning, usually measured by an intelligence scale, and adaptive behavior. Adaptive behavior refers to an individual's ability to meet the age appropriate social requirements of his or her community. This includes both skills related to independence and social competency. Adaptive behavior refers to an individual's ability to meet the demands of everyday life. In 2002, the AAMR characterized adaptive skills into three major categories conceptual, social, and practical. Conceptual skills include money management, reading and writing ability, and self direction. Social skills include such skills as interpersonal interactions, responsibility, Self esteem, gullibility, and rule and law following. Practical skills include activities of daily living such as eating, mobility, toileting, and dressing. Instrumental activities of daily living include such skills as meal preparation, housekeeping, transportation, and money management. Occupational skills and skills required for everyday safety are also targeted. Learning Objective 10 2. Understand the definition and eligibility criteria for categorizing individuals as having mental retardation. Our next objective addresses the definition and eligibility criteria for mental retardation, the term still used in federal and state regulations. Currently, the majority of states and the federal government. Through IDEA legislation, use the 1973 AAMR definition of mental retardation, which is a significantly sub average general intellectual functioning 
existing concurrently with deficits in adaptive behavior and manifested during the developmental period. The 2002 AAMR definition states that mental retardation is a disability characterized by the significant limitations both in intellectual functioning and in adaptive behavior as expressed in conceptual, social, and practical adaptive skills. This disability originates before age 18. Learning Objective 10-4. Describe the importance of the concept of support for individuals with intellectual disabilities and the various levels of support described by the American Association for Mental Retardation, AAMR. We now move on to the objective associated with understanding the concept and categories of support for individuals with intellectual disabilities. Both the 1992 and 2002 AAMR definitions have attempted to shift the focus from a deficit model to a support-based model of mental retardation. Prior to this change, the categories of intellectual disabilities were mild, moderate, severe, and profound. These categories were based on the performance of the individual. All individuals with or without intellectual disabilities require support from family, friends, and other members of natural communities, such as co-workers and teachers. These are called natural supports. Formal supports are generally supports that are paid for or provided by government agencies or other social services. Some individuals with intellectual disabilities need more supports than others to have a high quality of life. Since 2002, the AAMR has advocated for a classification system based on the intensity of supports required for a positive quality of life. The support levels include intermittent, limited, extensive, and pervasive. Intermittent supports are provided on an as-needed or episodic basis. Sometimes individuals require supports during lifespan transitions, such as loss of employment or a medical crisis. Almost all individuals with and without disabilities require intermittent support from others during times of transition, such as moving to a new community, changing jobs, becoming unemployed, or experiencing acute illness. Job training and support after high school graduation are examples of limited supports. Limited supports are both consistent over time and time-limited. Generally, they require fewer resources in terms of money and staff than extensive or pervasive supports. Extensive supports are not time-limited. In other words, they are permanent. Extensive supports are characterized by regular involvement in at least some environments, such as at home or at work. Pervasive supports are characterized by both their constancy and the high intensity of supports required. Pervasive supports are provided across all environments, including home, work, and community settings, and are considered life-sustaining. Generally, Pervasive supports involve more staff, resources, and intrusiveness than extensive or time-limited supports. Chronic medical situations often require pervasive supports. Learning Objective 10-5. Explain the concept of standard deviation and its relationship to mental retardation. 
Our next objective focuses on the idea of standard deviation in relation to intelligence quotients and their relationship to intellectual disabilities. Standard deviation is the measurement most frequently used to determine what level of intellectual functioning constitutes being categorized as having an intellectual disability. Standard deviation is a numeric value assigned to sections of the normal curve. The normal curve is a theoretical distribution of traits, including the trait of intellectual or cognitive functioning. The normal curve is a graphic representation of the scores of an entire population on a certain measure, such as the Wechsler Intelligence Scale for children. The normal curve looks like a bell curve, with the highest point on the y-axis representing the mean or average score. One standard deviation above and below the mean is the area in which approximately 68% of the population's scores are located. The Wechsler Intelligence Scale has a mean for the majority population of 100, with a standard deviation of 15. Thus, about 68% of people who take the Wechsler Intelligence Test will score between 85 and 115. Two standard deviations above and below the mean represent the area in which the scores of approximately 95% of individuals fall. Therefore, approximately 95% of all individual scores on the Wechsler will range from 70 to 130. Three standard deviations above or below the mean encompass over 99% of all individual scores. This means that less than 1% of individuals will score either above 145 or below 55 on this intelligence scale. Eligibility criteria for the federal government and most states include intellectual performance, which is at least two standard deviations below the mean, meaning an IQ of 70 or lower. Learning Objective 10-6. Describe how our approach to educating and supporting individuals with intellectual disabilities has changed over the years including critical approaches to inclusion. Our next objective focuses on how our approach to educating and supporting individuals with intellectual disabilities has changed over the years. While the methods of determining definition and eligibility have remained similar, our views about how to support individuals with intellectual disabilities and the extent to which they can participate in community life have changed considerably over the past 40 years. Many geographically isolated institutions for people with mental retardation were built in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. As optimism about educating these individuals faded, these institutions became overcrowded and understaffed. A shift in mission from education to custodial care further resulted in a deterioration of care and ultimately of facilities. In 1966, Bladden and Kaplan's classic photographic essay, Christmas in Purgatory, powerfully highlighted the deplorable conditions in institutions across America. Swedish researcher Nierge introduced the principle of normalization into the discussion. Normalization called for making available to the mentally retarded patterns and conditions of everyday life which are as close as possible to the norms and patterns of the mainstream of society. In 1972, 
Wolfensberger furthered this principle of normalization in relation to the goals of education by stating that the principle of normalization seeks to establish and or maintain personal behaviors which are as culturally normative as possible. Deinstitutionalization began fervently in the early 1970s, and since then, educators, researchers, and service providers have sought to develop systems and strategies for supporting individuals with intellectual challenges in engaging lives at work, home, and in the community. We now understand that the vast majority of individuals with intellectual disabilities can live fully in community settings with appropriate supports. Additionally, we understand that all individuals, those with and without disabilities, require supports in life. Formal supports may differ from natural supports in terms of funding and service provision. However, all individuals at some time during their lifetimes may require formal supports. The acronym TAB refers to being temporarily able-bodied and is sometimes used to denote individuals without disabilities. Remembering that we are all temporarily able-bodied rather than thinking of individuals as normal or not normal points to the possibility that every one of us may at some time become either temporarily or permanently disabled and require support. Students with intellectual disabilities are an especially heterogeneous population whose range of abilities, skills, and needs for support vary considerably. Vast differences in intellectual ability and adaptive function are common between individuals. For educational inclusion to be successful, it is critical that general and special educators communicate and collaborate on developing an individual education plan, IEP, and daily instruction leading to success academically, behaviorally, and socially. Creating positive classroom communities where diversity is valued and all students feel like they belong to the group is critical. Additionally, teachers must work effectively and collaboratively with the student's family. General and special education teachers must learn as much as possible about the individual student's likes, dislikes, interests, strengths, learning styles, and needs for support. Learning Objective 10-7 lists some common learning and behavior issues shared by many individuals with intellectual disabilities and targeted skill areas for education. Our next objective targets your understanding of some learning and behavioral characteristics shared by many individuals with intellectual disabilities. Some common learning characteristics include problems with attention, memory, academic performance, and motivation to learn or perform difficult tasks. Generalizing learned skills to other situations is often difficult for individuals with intellectual challenges, so that instruction often must occur in multiple settings to be effective. Language development is often slow and arduous, and some individuals use sign language or picture symbols to communicate. A major concern relates to the social and behavioral characteristics of individuals with mental challenges who frequently have poor interpersonal skills and engage in inappropriate or immature behaviors. Research has shown that the success or failure of an individual in inclusive classrooms, at work, or in other community settings 
is often more dependent on social and behavioral skills than academic or vocational skills. Direct social skills instruction, behavioral support, and embracing an instructional approach for teaching behaviors can be extremely effective. An instructional approach includes modeling targeted skills, practicing these skills, and giving feedback and reinforcement. In other words, it is necessary to teach behaviors the same way we teach academic skills. Learning Objective 10-8. List and explain three approaches to educating individuals with intellectual disabilities, including community-based instruction, social skills instruction, and vocational instruction. Changes in curriculum and instruction are required for pupils with intellectual disabilities to achieve educational success. Curricula generally focus on functional academic skills, vocational skills, community living skills, self-help skills, and increased exposure to the general education curriculum. Educational programs need to be individualized, functional, or useful, and comprehensive. Functional curricula stress learning the requirements for successful daily living and preparing students for environments and situations they will encounter after high school. One especially effective educational approach is community-based instruction, which uses the natural environment such as buses and trains, stores, laundromats, and restaurants as places to teach the skills needed to function effectively in everyday life. Effective education for individuals with intellectual disabilities like all students with disabilities, requires individualized programming and planning. Researchers Browder and Snell emphasize that to ensure an educational program meets the child's needs, both the student's and parent's preferences, chronological age or number of years left in school, current and future environments, and the student's rate of learning academic skills and other skills needs must be considered. Students with intellectual disabilities are three times more likely to be educated in separate classes than students in other disability categories. While less than 17% of all individuals with disabilities received services in self-contained classrooms in 2005-2006, 50% of all pupils with mental retardation did so. Only about 14% of students with mental retardation received their education in the general education classroom, while 29% were educated in a resource room. Over 6% of students with intellectual disabilities receive services in separate schools. Learning Objective 10-9 identifies some prenatal, perinatal, and postnatal causes of intellectual disabilities and discuss the role of prevention. Our next objective centers on the causes and prevention of intellectual disabilities. Causes of intellectual disabilities include prenatal, perinatal, and postnatal factors. Some prenatal factors that can lead to intellectual disabilities include chromosomal abnormalities, such as Down syndrome, Fragile X syndrome, and Turner syndrome, metabolic and nutritional disorders, for example, Tay-Sachs disease or Prader-Willi syndrome, maternal infections such as rubella, syphilis, HIV, RH incompatibility, and toxoplasmosis. 
and environmental conditions such as fetal alcohol syndrome and illicit drug use. Perinatal factors leading to intellectual disabilities include gestational disorders such as low birth weight and premature birth and neonatal complications such as anoxia, oxygen deprivation, hypoxia, insufficient oxygen during birth, and other birth trauma. Postnatal factors include infections and intoxicants, including meningitis, encephalitis, and lead poisoning, and environmental factors such as poor nutrition, adverse living conditions, inadequate health care, and lack of early cognitive stimulation. Many postnatal factors are affected by low socioeconomic status and the lack of resources associated with poverty. Prevention efforts over the last 30 years have drastically reduced instances of mental retardation. Advances in medical research prevent over 10,000 individuals each year from developing intellectual disabilities. Among these medical advances are newborn screening, dietary intervention, vaccines, and hormone therapy. Three levels of prevention are typically identified by researchers, primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention. Primary prevention eliminates the problem prior to onset, while secondary prevention focuses on minimizing or eliminating a potential risk factor. Tertiary prevention aims to limit the adverse consequences of an existing problem while maximizing the potential of the individual. Transition to successful adulthood for individuals with intellectual disabilities includes supports for independent living and employment and community involvement. Job coaches and job training are critical, as are developing self-management, self-advocacy, and self-determination skills in individuals with disabilities. We will address transitions to adulthood more fully in Assignment 12. Assistive and instructional technology hold much promise as supports for individuals with intellectual disabilities. Reading and writing tools such as text and screen reading tools, word processing programs, spell and grammar checkers, and speech recognition programs can all help individuals achieve greater communication skills. Learning Objective 10-10 List some current issues and trends important to the field of intellectual disabilities. We now address our final learning objective, which is identifying some current issues and trends important to the field of intellectual disabilities. Current issues in the support and education of individuals with intellectual disabilities include increasing opportunities for community-based activities and improving an individual's quality of life and normalization across the lifespan. Biomedical research and inclusive education are also trends that are providing additional supports for these individuals. Educators and service providers continue to place an emphasis on teaching self-determination and self-advocacy skills, including person-centered planning, goal-setting, and living and work choices. This concludes the assignment.